from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. This week, uh, I am joined by a professor at St. Mary's. And uh, for those of you uh, that think of St. Mary's just as Oyster Bake and the, uh, the host of it during Fiesta, they do much more there. They also have a cybersecurity uh, master's level program. And um, this week, Ayad Barsoom is here with us to talk all about that. Thank you for coming in to join us. Thanks for hosting me. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about St. Mary's University? I think uh, for some of the graduate programs, there's uh, many lawyers that may be uh, listening to us right now here on the air that have gone to St. Mary's Law School. The St. Mary's Cybersecurity Program, this is new, though, to the university, correct? Yeah, it's, it's a new program. And first, I would like to thank for the introduction about St. Mary's University. And I would like to tell that St. Mary's is not only a liberal art institution. We have so many technical programs and we have a big school, which is the School of Science, Engineering and Technology. One of the programs that I'm really excited about is the Masters of Cybersecurity program because I'm the director of this program. I can consider to be my baby. <laughs> yeah, I like to call it my baby. Uh, the program itself, it's a relatively new program. We started in fall 2016, and uh, now we have around like 15 students in the program. The, the program has like three main components. The first component, we, we would like to give basic knowledge and basic skills about cybersecurity. Then we have another component, which is the elective component, that we are providing so many classes for cybersecurity for our students to select from. The third component is the comprehensive part, this is maybe a master thesis or a master's project. So this is like in a nutshell. And of course, um, I can give more details about the, the program through our discussion today. But I would like to, to highlight maybe the difference between the program we have at St. Mary's and the other programs in other institutions. When we started the cybersecurity program at St. Mary's University, we wanted to not to duplicate ourselves or to replicate what's already there in other universities. So we investigated the different programs in other institutions and we have found that, yes, we there are some very good programs, but they are handling cybersecurity from a different perspective or let's call it different flavor. So there are so many programs, they are handling cybersecurity from the business side. At St. Mary's University, no, we are handling cybersecurity from the technical side, plus we are not neglecting the business flavor of the cybersecurity. So uh, when I started at St. Mary's University like four years ago, the main goal for, uh, for, my, for my position or the main task that I was responsible for is to put St. Mary's at the, the cyber map of San Antonio, not only San Antonio, but also the cyber map of US. So we started to, to form a group of professors from different departments. 
to look at what should be the main skills uh, that we need to, to feed our students if they would like to be experts in cybersecurity. So we formed a group of professors from mathematics department, computer science, engineering, business and law school. And we, we came up with very strong program. I can say it with 100% because I believe this is one of the strongest programs that we have in San Antonio and even in U.S. Yeah, if you have one of the strongest programs here uh, with all of the cybersecurity we have going on in this city, um, you definitely have one of the strongest programs in the, in the nation. And uh, it's a, a great uh, place to build this because um, with all of the opportunities uh, in the private sector here, um, students can have internships, students potentially in a master's program could even be employed while taking uh, the, the program and getting the master's degree. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. So as I mentioned in, in, in the beginning, the, the program itself is, is having like three main components and many of the questions we are receiving from our students or potential candidates, they are asking, okay, what, what you are providing in cybersecurity, because you know that St. Mary's is known as a liberal art, but this is not the, 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 the real case. It's, it, we have, as I mentioned, the, the School of Science, Engineering and Technology. So uh, I would like to thank for, for for hosting me because I would like to, to provide some more details about the program and what are the basic components and what are the different components we have in the program. Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, we have the, the three, we have three uh, components in the program. The first one is the fundamental component. So in this component, we are providing uh, four classes. These classes will give students comprehensive knowledge that they need to build upon when we go to the cybersecurity. For example, we are providing one of the classes in the fundamental component, which is computer security and privacy. In this class, we are teaching our students security in different domains, security in access control, security on database, uh, malicious software, denial of service attacks, um, security on, uh, on the cloud, security in software. So we are giving comprehensive knowledge in many different areas. Uh, the, the, the important part, it's not only, we are not teaching only the science behind the cybersecurity, but we are allowing our students to have hands-on experience about that. So everything we are teaching to them, we are allowing them to, to put their hands on real experiments. As a simple example, I would like to, if we would like to teach them about the denial of service attack or the sink flooding attack. We are teaching the concept of the science, then we have virtual lab. In this virtual lab, we have virtual machines and we are allowing our students to play with these virtual machines and to attack the, uh, some computers on the virtual machines. At the same time, we would like to teach them how to defend against that. So it's not only how to attack, but as well how to defend, which is most important. So this is one of the basic classes we have in the um, first component. Another class is about data communication and networking. When we are speaking about network security, uh, it doesn't make much sense if you are teaching network security without knowing the, the details how two computers are speaking to each other. So through this class or through this course, we are teaching the, the different layers of the, of the networking protocols and how the computers are, are speaking to each other and how to, to send packets from computer A to computer B, plus also all, all the signs behind the networking. So this is the second course in our first component. A third course is about software security. So we are in this class, we are focusing not only on the implementation phase of software, but also on the, the life cycle of the software, starting from the requirement analysis, design, implementation, integration, testing, because security is not something that can 
just embedded at any stage. It should be from the beginning of the software development life cycle. Uh, we are focusing on the implementation, but all we are uh, we also handle this, the security and the different phases. So this is the class about software security. We have another class or the third class in the first component, which is about the uh, the cryptography principle and the practice. So through this class, we are teaching the applied part of cryptography. So we are teaching our students the symmetric and asymmetric cryptography, the digital signature, the public key encryptions like, for example, RSA, the symmetric key encryptions like this, travel this, all this stuff. The, the important part, we are not only teaching these algorithms, but we need to teach our students the mathematics behind that because cryptography as a science is really depending upon mathematics. So we need our students to understand. Always I'm telling my colleagues in our program, we need to teach our students how to drive, not how to pass the driving test. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, two different aspects because sometimes you can pass the driving test, but you are not a good driver. So yes. yeah, so that's why we need to, to teach the, the science and mathematics behind that. So this is the third class. So the second component in our program, we call it like the elective uh, component. Uh, in this component, we are providing a long list of elective classes and our students can choose from these uh, set of classes, for example, we are providing them computer network security, we are providing wireless security, we are providing computer forensics and digital crime, we are providing risk management, we are providing cloud computing security, we are providing cybersecurity policy and law. Plus also we are allowing our students to have internships that can be counted up to three credit hours. So if we have some students and they would like to have real life experience before graduating, they can go and work with a company and these can be counted as three credit hours. We have some other classes related to research. Some students are interested in a specific um, research areas. They would like to go in depth in these, uh, in this point. So they can go and register for research class. So that is the second component of our program. The third component of our program is the, the comprehensive component. What do I mean by that? So at the end of the program, some students they need to implement or develop and propose and implement and develop a comprehensive project. So we need them to get all the knowledge they have in the program to, to develop a comprehensive project. Some, are, uh, some of, of other, our students, they need to, uh, to go more into research. So instead of doing a comprehensive project, they, they are selecting to do a thesis. So they are working with faculty members uh, and through this interaction between professors and students, they can select a research area and students can develop their own research. These can um, prepare them for PhD lit later on if they are interested to do that. So this is in a nutshell what, what our program is. Yeah. So, and the, with this starting up, uh, did it come through a, a grant to the university? Did this come out of the, the school itself deciding to go build the program? What was the, the genesis to create this new um, hands-on practical cybersecurity master's program? That's a good question. Actually, the, 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 uh, the main motivation behind the program was the need of our city and the need of our nation. Recently, we have seen that cybersecurity is not a science fiction anymore. Cybersecurity, that is real. That can happen to every day. That can happen to us to, to in our normal, normal life, in our computers, in our organization. So now cybersecurity is really one of the big needs of San Antonio and of our nation. So. That's, that was the major motivation behind the, the program. 
So when uh, when I was invited to come to St. Mary's to develop this program, uh, the Dean of School of Science and Engineering and Technology, he informed me that we would like to put St. Mary's on the on the cyber map of San Antonio. So how we can do that? Actually, in the beginning, we started to, to provide some cybersecurity classes in different degree programs in computer science and engineering. But we do not, at that time, we did not have like a dedicated cybersecurity programs. And later on, we said, okay, now it's the time to develop something only dedicated for cybersecurity. Uh, when we started to, to develop that, uh, my main concern is that, okay, we do not want, as I mentioned, to duplicate ourselves. We need something unique. Uh, by uniqueness here, um, it means we would like to be different. Because if you have some other programs in other institutions and then you decided to go to St. Mary's, there should be a reason why you should go to St. Mary's, not, not place X or place Y. So. Um, Many of the programs at that time, they, they were dealing with the uh, cybersecurity from the, from the business perspective. So we said, okay, let's go and track the cybersecurity or uh, provide cybersecurity from the technical side. Uh, after we developed the program, we, we needed to have our own lab, our own cybersecurity lab. So this will give our students the, uh, the opportunity to, to have real life experience on cybersecurity. So we applied for different grants and the recent grant we got was from the Harris Foundation. We, we got a grant to develop our dedicated cybersecurity lab. We started the lab this summer and it's gonna be ready in fall 2017. And this lab will be only for cybersecurity, even its network is isolated from St. Mary's network. So we don't want anything to happen or to mess with the network of St. Mary's. So you can, you can test real malware there without it. It's, it's like a, the biomedical research facility we have <laughs> over on the west side of town where there's a Ebola virus there, but it's kept safely and they can work on it and they can work on cures for it. They can work on ways to mitigate it without it getting outside of the lab and potentially causing problems. That's absolutely right. That's because also, as I mentioned, we are teaching our students how to hack uh, the, the computer. So, for example, I would like my students to, to get one of the servers down using denial of service attack. I don't, I don't want this to affect the, the, the real servers of St. Mary's because yeah, this is, this is really critical and this is not, uh, it's not a game. Yeah. <laughs> so you cannot play with that. Yeah, but unless you have a, a lab where it's safe uh, for folks to actually uh, use the real tools, develop new tools, uh, test servers and see if you can build defense mechanisms to block the existing tools, mm -hmm. um, then the, you, you don't, as you said, you have these things from a business and policy perspective only. Um, you don't have the cybersecurity practitioner level uh, courseware and, and classes available and really the, the materials behind it to be a real scientist in cybersecurity and not a uh, strategist or not just a strategy. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And this was one of the main focuses of our program is to um, teach our students and give them the best practices and the knowledge and the tools how these attacks are happening and also how to defend against that. So it's not only being on black hat. We, we need our students as well to be on white hat. So for example, the if we have a network and I would like to make penetration testing, uh, I, to see what are the different vulnerabilities in my system. So we need, we are giving our students the tools and the knowledge uh, to do that. But as I mentioned, it's very important to do that in isolated environments, like sandbox away from the real, real network of St. Mary's. Yeah. 
And for the uh, students um, thinking about uh, applying to go to St. Mary's for this program, uh, what type of undergraduate degree should they have? What type of background and experience uh, will make them a successful candidate? Okay, very good question because this is one of the questions uh, we are receiving all the time. I'm very interested in the program and they would like to apply what should be the admission requirements. So since the program itself is, uh, is a technical program, plus the the business flavor because i uh, i would like to 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 focus again it's it's a technical plus the business flavor it's not only purely technical it's not only purely business side so we are mixing between them so that's why we need our students to have a bachelor's degree in either computer science computer engineering software engineering or technology related fields uh, Computer programming is one of the fundamental skills we are looking for our, from our students because when you come to the program, you will find yourself required to build programs, computer programs and software tools. So this one of the main requirements, also mathematical skills will be one of the requirements. If a student is already having a bachelor's degree in computer science, computer engineering, or software engineering, we expect that these prerequisites are already uh, fulfilled during the undergrad degree. Uh, also, we do require um, GRE from our students. Uh, we, for some international students, of course, the English proficiency must be one of the fundamental requirements. Uh, we do ask for recommendation letters, so we would like to make sure that the students who are coming to our program is one, they are coming from um, some best locations, or actually we would like to for somebody to recommend them for so supervisors or another professors to come and uh, or to send recommendation letters. We also need a statement of purpose. So a student will, will write uh, a statement about why he would like to do cybersecurity. So these are like the general admission requirements uh, we provide from our, from our students. If you don't know what an elliptical curve is, you uh, probably should not be applying. That, <laughs> that's very good because actually elliptic curve is one of the main tools that we are using now in cryptography, especially when you are looking for short key sizes. Yes. So... <laughs> And if, and if this discussion about elliptical curves and encryption keys is exciting to you, then you're the exact kind of person that should be uh, applying to this program to continue to advance your skills. Uh, and uh, you, you, as with all learning, you will uh, expand and broaden your horizons and your capabilities uh, to be able to do new things as you come through this program. Is uh, From a, a master's uh, degree, you said there's the options for the project or a thesis. Um, is this designed to be a, a, a two-year program, um, an 18-month program? I know there's a lot of variance these days in master's programs. Okay. Uh, the program itself, all in all, is 33 credit hours. If a student is a full-time student, he can uh, complete the program within four semesters, so less than two years. Uh, whatever it's a project path or a thesis path, at the end, is it's a 33 credit hour. But the thesis is considered as six credit hours because it, it's going to be like two semesters work for the comprehensive project it will be just only three credit hours it means if the student is is willing to select the comprehensive project he has to take another 30 credit hours if the student selected the thesis he will have another 27 credit hours at the end all in all should be 33 credit hours 
And and so some of the uh, early students that are in the the first class of the program now um, are they having internships here over the summer break? Yeah, and we have some students already having internships in uh, some school districts, and one of our students is uh, is helping the uh, the school districts to configure their computer labs, firewalls, and software. So they they needed students to be secure when they are using these uh, these labs. So we are having that plus uh, some of our students they are working students so we have some students coming from nsa coming from department of defense coming from cps from spectrum from university health uh, university uh, health system so uh, students already working or having internships outside yeah i like hearing the fact that we have we have students from um, cps so we uh, had a previous guest on in an episode where we talked about um, some of the hackers that are going after the uh, utility grids. Uh, Ukraine uh, just had an outage here um, earlier this year. 250,000 residents taken offline by a, a malware specifically targeting the uh, utility system. Uh, and then same thing inside the a, a student from uh, the big health system and hospitals here. Um, hackers are going after medical records uh, all the time now because um, as, uh, as you're out there listening about this, so there's your credit card getting stolen is not good, but you can cancel your credit card. You can cut <laughs> it up. You can get a new credit card sent to you. It's got a new number and you can move on from there. Your medical record, when those are very valuable to hackers because you can't just cut your medical record up. Like I, I had shoulder surgery back in high school. If like that, all of the information about that and all the rest of my medical records out there, that medical record contains facts and facts you can't change. Facts are the truth. And once those facts, if you're relying on them to be confidential, as soon as they're not confidential, you can't effectively put them back into Pandora's box. So uh, the healthcare industry and the professionals uh, doing cybersecurity there are taking on uh, a very important uh, and very complicated uh, task because this is one where they have to get it right all of the time. Uh, and when you're getting attacked by a hacker, the hacker only has to get in once. Um, they, don't, they don't have to get in through all of your different defenses. Uh, they don't have to uh, make sure that uh, they can break in and break every single one of your things. They just need to find one little weak spot to go ahead and get in. And once they've obtained those records and exfiltrated them, they have them and it's, it's kind of game over. The, uh, the capture the flag um, is one of the things that the hack in these hacking simulations and testing, you call it. It's much easier to get the flag than it is to stop people from getting in to get the flag. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I always I have a statement telling to all my students, when you would like to go for a camp, how many windows, how many doors you need to close to protect your house? The answer simply, I have to close everything. But for any bad guy to get inside your house, how many open doors, how many open windows he needs to get in? They said just one. So it's unfair game between you as a software uh, security designer and between the hackers. So it's, it's a really challenging system. So you're listening to 1200 WAI, and this is CyberTalk Radio. I'm joined uh, this week by a professor at St. Mary's who's uh, developing and building out the cybersecurity program there. Uh, if you missed the start of this uh, segment, uh, we will be rebroadcasting and putting this up on the internet for replay. Um, if you have a friend or a colleague or a son or daughter that are thinking about cybersecurity master's program, um, you can forward them uh, the news about this and they can listen to it online uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. 
uh, as well as on uh, iTunes Pocket Casts and podcasts on your Android device. We're going to break here at the uh, bottom of the hour for news, traffic, and weather update. Um, after we get back from that break, we will uh, dive some more into the program, uh, some of the outreach activities St. Mary's is doing in the community here to help students below the college level uh, get excited and interested about cybersecurity so we can fill all of those uh, jobs out there. As I had mentioned during our, our discussion, uh, he said a couple of times there that there's a, a big demand. We see for sure 300,000 plus cybersecurity jobs open across America and I uh, I believe it's it, that number is probably closer to a million. There's just so many f- people that are just not posting the job because they know they can't get a qualified candidate for it, so they're not even bothering to try. Uh, this master's program at St. Mary's is a great way to start helping us fill all of those roles, and uh, hopefully uh, some other universities are out there are going to join you in this, and uh, they're going to create some competition for you, but that'll be good uh, for all of us because ideally there's uh, more than enough students to fill Uh, each and every program uh, that each university goes out to launch. Welcome back to Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by Dr. Ayad Barsoom, a professor in charge of the Cybersecurity Master's Program at St. Mary's University here in San Antonio, Texas. During the first half of the program, we covered the background of when uh, St. Mary's uh, added the cybersecurity degree, what fundamental classes make up that program, and what you would need to do as a uh, student working your way uh, through high school, what you should think about to take for your undergrad, or if you're a, a uh, early undergrad student, uh, what you should major in, what type of classes uh, you should take to prepare yourself for the Masters of Science in cybersecurity, because this is uh, one of the big differences with the St. Mary's program. This is not just a cybersecurity policy or theory. This is hands-on, technical, and practical. Uh, they have a real-world carved-out lab that's a whole test sandbox where students will uh, be writing malware, they'll be dissecting malware, they'll be testing denial-of-service attacks, and they'll be testing exploits and testing new defense systems to actively block hackers looking into uh, encryption keys and how all of these things are built in form. If you wanted to hear that in full, uh, we post these episodes up online on Tuesday after the weekend here. Uh, You can go to www.cybertalkradio.com. You can also uh, catch the episode on iTunes podcasts on your iOS device from Apple or on Pocket Casts for Android users. In this half of the program, uh, we're going to talk about some of the community uh, outreach that St. Mary's is doing to help spread the word about this program and also uh, 
uh, help get kids excited about cybersecurity? As I mentioned in the beginning, uh, the program we have at St. Mary's University, it's like a master's program, so it's a graduate program. But at the same time, we would like to build the pipeline for, uh, for our program from the kids in middle and high school. One of the activities we are doing at St. Mary's University is through summer camps for the middle and high school students. Um, this summer we have like three camps for the school for the middle and high school students. We have one of the camps is for general computer science. Part of it is for cybersecurity. So it's through these camps we are teaching basic fundamentals related to cybersecurity. We are telling our students how to choose a secure password because recently we discovered that so many persons they are choosing what can i say very weak passwords for example they are choosing one two three four or one of the famous actors or one of the team players so these are not secure at all and it's very easy for anybody to hack or to crack your password i can build a computer program as within seconds i can crack this password so we are telling our kids how you can choose these uh, strong passwords. This is one thing. Another thing, we are receiving so many emails and these emails, some of them, they will be phishing emails. Uh, we as experts in cybersecurity, we know how to detect if the email is a phishing one, but for the kids, it's not easy for them. And just out of curiosity, these emails can, uh, can hack or compromise their computers if they just clicked on a link or downloaded the attachment. So one of the main activities in the camps, we are teaching our students how to realize that the email you are receiving is a phishing email. Uh, and I tested, uh, actually I, uh, I developed like 10 well-crafted emails to my students and we had like a quiz telling them, okay, which one is a phishing email, which one is a true email. And it was really exciting experience uh, from our students. After this experience, I had one of my students in the camp. He came to me and told me, you know what, Dr. Barsoom, I had a conversation last night with one of the uh, strangers over the internet and he sent me this, this part of email and he was uh, chatting with me after a couple of minutes. I will he was very capable to detect it was like a phishing attack against him and he he was able to to pluck the the person and also during the these camps we are teaching to our students or our kids how to build like fake virus so because i don't want to say it, it's a real virus but it was like a fake virus just to give them the flavor of the viruses and how to develop that and how to protect themselves from from these viruses so this is one camp another camp we have at saint mary's university it's upward bound program it's a complete program at st mary's university and one track inside this program is only for cybersecurity so and programming so we are teaching the cybersecurity and the computer programming how to develop real computer programs for example related to the encryption decryption develop some malicious software uh, how to to defend yourself from some of the basic attacks so this is another uh, camp uh, also we have a third camp in engineering and part of it is related to cybersecurity. so through these camps we are um, attracting students and we are uh, increasing their awareness about the cybersecurity and how they can have safe online behavior over the internet because all these kids they are dealing with social media they have uh, emails they are contacting with persons that even they do not know and meet so how to be on the safe side when you are dealing over the internet yeah 
And my understanding as well, you have a camp designed uh, just for uh, our daughters out there or the uh, younger girls that are uh, trying to get them into an area where they can hang out with their friends and learn technology and get excited about computer programming. Yeah, that's right. Actually, we have e-camp at St. Mary's. It's a girls' code camp. These uh, this camp was funded through uh, a grant we got from the Texas uh, Commission Foundation. And um, these this is like six camps. One of them is only for cybersecurity for girls, middle school girls. And uh, we also teach them the, uh, the basic foundations about cybersecurity and basic foundations of programming. So this is really interesting that we are now um, dealing with the kids and try to teach them these uh, basic information about cybersecurity because as I mentioned in the beginning, it's not science fiction anymore. This is something real. It's happening to us and all of us, we have heard about WannaCry. WannaCry, it was like malicious software. It hacked more than 100 countries now and there are so many systems down because of this malicious software. So if you are not careful enough, then your computer will be compromised. Yeah, that, that WannaCry outbreak didn't uh, get the, the U.S. too, too terribly. Um, did impact a, a number of folks here, but uh, across the world took Brit, uh, Britain's national health system offline, took a, a Honda factory, the whole factory offline of one of their factories in Japan um, as two big public examples of uh, what uh, WannaCry has done. Um, in some areas where computers are not uh, updated and patched very well um, and through emerging market um, and kind of second and third tier folks where people may be running on hand-me-down computers and older systems, it has been very devastating. Uh, there's been whole cities of where most of the computers have been hit with it because they're all in big shared Wi-Fi networks and none of them are patched. Yeah, that's so. It's the 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 defense against this attack is very simple. You need to update your your system. You need to patch the the security patches to you to your system. But if you do not do that, you are opening the door for for the hackers and for the malicious software to be inside your system. So, um, one of the basic things that we are giving to our kids these tips: how you can update your system, how you can protect yourself, because. It's not hard, but if you are not doing this, then it's the, the problem will be really critical. Yeah, and uh, if your password is Ghostbirds Go, uh, please go change it to something that's not Ghostbirds Go. That's yeah. not that's not a good password. Uh, they are a great basketball team. Um, it's good to love them here in San Antonio and support them, uh, but that is not a good thing to uh, make your password. And if your your favorite player is Kawhi Leonard, um, that's not a good password either. Please don't make your password Kawhi. Yeah. Um, don't make it one, two, three, four, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because what happens is uh, hackers just have a big uh, dictionary of likely passwords, and they will go run that against accounts, and then using that big dictionary of things, they can test it very quickly. Even what they, they'll do uh, in some cases where systems lock you out after a certain number of attempts, they'll take a common password and run that one password across a million accounts on that system. And that one password, if it's very common, they may get into 100 accounts out of those millions just trying the same password on, on all of the accounts. So um, you should think up something that's unique. Um, you should consider using a password manager. There's a ton of them out there now. But think up something unique. Use something different on every website. Even if you make a unique phrase, change one word or one letter or one something on each different website so you're not using the same password in two places. Because um, if someone didn't uh, take Dr. Barsoom's uh, Master's of Science in Cybersecurity and they're out there writing software, they might not be storing passwords in a very safe way. And if their system gets hacked, 
and you use that same password everywhere else, now the hackers into all of your accounts. Yeah, also there is a one simple tip. Please do not write your password on a sticky note and put it on your laptop. <laughs> like, believe it or not, I was doing a medical che checkup in one of the hospitals. And when I went to the uh, nurse's room, I found that she, she was writing her username and password on a sticky note and on her laptop. So just, I, 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 I told her it's not secure at all. So she said, okay, but I'm the only one who is using the computer. I told, okay, now I'm a patient and I went to your room and I know what is your username and password. This is not, this is very simple tip. Do not do that. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's out there. I know it's complicated. I know we have lots of usernames and lots of passwords, uh, but this is where like a, a password manager can help you solve that. And you only need to remember one of them because um, then it, you can have everything locked safely in there. Um, but like, yeah, even having all your passwords in a spreadsheet on your computer, not an ideal uh, solution either, um, because uh, that spreadsheet itself is not encrypted and stored in a safe manner. It's just sitting on your hard drive. And if anyone gets into your computer, then they have all of your passwords. Yeah. Another thing related to passwords, there are some websites now they are pretending that they're going to check if your password is strong or not. Please be very careful because these websites may store your password and may use this password against your system later on. So be very careful about that. Yeah. The, uh, the pretend to be a good guy. We're here to help you. And then what you're actually doing is giving your password to that bad guy. This one's uh, called social engineering. Um, it's one of the very common tricks uh, attackers will use to, to bypass when all the technology is working really well. Um, they don't give up. They uh, will try uh, alternate methods. Uh, we did a past program on social engineering, covered that for uh, a whole episode. You can listen to those rebroadcasts and replays uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. We're joined this week by Dr. Ayad Barsoom from University of St. Mary's, uh, who's leading up their master's in uh, cybersecurity program there. In addition uh, to the master's in cybersecurity program, there's also a, a graduate certificate available for cybersecurity. Oh, yeah. So after we developed the master's in cybersecurity, we have received so many requests from people saying that okay it's an awesome program and we would like to be uh, applying we would like to come to attend but we cannot be committed for the whole program we cannot be committed for like 33 credit hours is there a way to come and have like subset of the the, the program so after we develop the master's program we develop the graduate certificate in cybersecurity. it's a uh, small subset of the complete program it's only 12 credit hours the students can come and select four of the classes we have. And one interesting point here, after completing the certificate program, if the student changed his mind or her mind and he would like to go and complete, take the complete program, then the 12 credit hours will be counted towards the master's degree. So it's not required to repeat the 12 credit hours again. So we can consider that as uh, like testing the flavor or testing the water of the program. So you can come take the certificate. And if you are OK with that, you can complete the master's program. And so for that graduate certificate, do they take those four uh, fundamental classes that we talked about at the beginning of the program? No, actually, they will be presented by a list of like uh, 16 or 15 courses and they have to and they can select any four out of them. Because, uh, as I mentioned, after completing this uh, certificate, he can complete the complete he can continue with the complete MS program. 
So it's not only the, the fundamental. He can select any of the classes. And how does enrollment uh, for that graduate certificate program work? Okay, so it's we have almost the same admission requirements. So the student should have a bachelor's degree in computer science, computer engineering, software engineering, or technology-related field. But we have some uh, relaxed, little bit relaxed requirement for the GRE. So GRE is not required for the certificate. Uh, still, we are asking for the GPA to be 3.0 or above. But for example, if one of or two classes from the prerequisite classes, if the student is missing one mathematical class or one programming class, that should be okay for the certificate. And and then so you would uh, apply to that program and take that during the regular calendar year, and you would take all four of the classes in one semester, or would you take that over the course of a, a complete year for that graduate certificate? Four classes in one semester will be overload for a student. So a student can take, I think, three, three, uh, three classes because as a full-time student, you can have like nine credit hours. That should be enough for a graduate student. Then he can take in the, in the semester after another three credit hours. So in total can complete the 12 credit hours within two semesters. But some students, they cannot even come to take two classes per semester. So they can take one class each semester or can take two classes or three and one. But four, I think, will be really overload for them. Yeah, so not recommended to finish it in one semester no. at all. Uh, and, and you no. could you could take a couple of years to, to go through that graduate certificate program uh, if you're doing that and working and, and doing other activities. Or maybe you're, you're actually in a master's program for... Um, something else or you're in a PhD program for something else and you want to get this graduate certificate in cyber. Yeah, especially if you are a working student or a full-time student uh, who is working in industry. So to come and take four classes or even three classes sometimes will be really overload for, for the student. Yeah. What got you initially uh, interested in cybersecurity yourself and got you started down this path to where now you're building and developing a program? Okay, very good question. Uh, I had a master's degree in computer science and my area of specialization was about the artificial intelligence and knowledge discovery and neural networks. Uh, when I went to complete my PhD program, uh, I was uh, working with a professor and he actually he was very flexible. He said, OK, if you like to continue with your uh, career in the master's program, you can go ahead. But then he said that, OK, security or cybersecurity is now one of the critical topics all over the, the world. So let's try to, to have something different than your master's degree. I was really interesting to, to have something different because, OK, I, I had my master's degree in, this, in the area of knowledge discovery, neural network, artificial intelligence. but I was really eager to learn something new. So I worked with him in the cybersecurity field, and I completed my PhD uh, in the area of cloud computing security. Uh, when I started to work on that, I found that we have so many security problems that we need to fix, we need to, to defend ourselves, because we are now living in a digital world. Everything, it's now almost on digital devices, your life is becoming like a digital life. So once we have this, this type of life, how we can protect ourselves, how we can defend ourselves, you are outsourcing your information to the cloud, you are outsourcing even your computation to the cloud. So we need some security mechanisms related to that. So after I completed my PhD, I worked in uh, industry in, uh, in Canada for like a year. And then I, 
I found myself uh, I'm more attracted to go back to academia and I have been invited by St. Mary's to come and develop the cybersecurity program for St. Mary's. Yeah, and, and uh, as the easy way I explain to folks of, of what is the cloud, if you hold down that button at the bottom of your iPhone and you ask Siri a question, um, Siri's not actually in your phone. Siri's in an Apple powered data center somewhere. Uh, and that's really what goes through to, to give you the answer back to that question. So uh, the all of these services now, um, even just the games and apps you play on your phone, um, if you're playing the free ones and those ads are getting served to you, those are getting streamed into your device. As Dr. Barsoom was talking through there, um, everything is becoming digital. We're sharing our information all over the place. And even if we're not choosing to share it, it's being shared uh, on our behalf for us. So uh, we've talked on some past episodes about uh, different uh, monitoring and uh, other uh, activities that are going on out there from uh, information gathering and collection. You can go through our uh, back catalog of episodes on iTunes, podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts on your Android device or on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. So as, as we uh, move on this cloud computing, you said that it's like we've got all sorts of security problems. And, um, and earlier in the program, you mentioned security has to be thought through in, in every phase. Um, the interesting thing i I on with the internet is it was initially set up as a, a trusted network where uh, you the designers of it made the assumption that everyone that was going on it was going to be friendly to each other and, mm. and so when you start with that as your foundation how are we going to make this thing safe oh no actually now as you mentioned when we started the internet we were thinking that every 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 person going to be friendly going to be a good guy but this is not the case now we have some bad guys and they are playing with our digital world um, so if we, we are speaking about the, the cloud and you are outsourcing your, your information, there are two main aspects we have to think about. One is related to the confidentiality of our data. How can I make sure that nobody will be able to access or to see my data, especially you have some um, financial data or you have some medical data. So you don't want anybody to see that. So this is the one of the, the issues related to the uh, the, the cloud computing or related to the data over cloud, which is confidentiality. The second part, which is very, it's, it's really also a critical aspect. When you are outsourcing your data, how you can make sure that nobody will, will not corrupt or will not delete some parts of your data. So we have two main issues here. One is the confidentiality. The second one, we call it like the integrity of your data. For the confidentiality, simply speaking, we can depend on the encryption techniques. And now we have so many cloud service providers, they have something we call it the server side encryption. It means the, the cloud service provider himself will encrypt your data. But if you do not trust that the cloud service provider will do that, you can make the in-house encryption, encrypt your data at your local servers before you outsource to the cloud. So that's good. But what about the integrity? Integrity, you have some data and you outsource it to your data, but you don't know how how my data or how can I how can I make sure that nobody corrupted or deleted part of my, my, my data when it's outsourced over the cloud? Um, one of the traditional techniques we are using without cloud, we call it hashing. Hashing means you are applying some mathematical techniques over your data, then you are making like checksum about the, the data, seeing if the data has been corrupted or not. This technique cannot be applied to the cloud because in the cloud, you do not have your data it's somewhere else 
and it's not practical at all to download terabytes of data to make the checksum or the integrity check. There are so many research topics and there are so many research proposals in this area about using uh, something we call it the provable data possession or tags. This can help. So it's really interesting problems and we have some solution to that. So security over the cloud is really an important part because as you mentioned we are sharing our data over the cloud even if we are not sharing in purpose it's already shared on our behalf yeah for for those of you uh, that want to get a little bit deeper uh, into uh, that cloud computing data integrity um, and computing uh, on the data there's a, a project that was started here in san antonio uh, called uh, openstack um, and then uh, that project has a, a storage service uh, Project Swift is part of that uh, OpenStack project in there. Um, there was another open source project um, called Zero VM uh, that was uh, here in San Antonio as well, um, started by uh, a team of researchers. Um, they've combined that Swift together with Zero VM to create a, a computable object store. So you can do uh, through open source, you could build something where you can do some of the research in areas uh, that Dr. Barsoom was just talking about. This is uh, one of the, the glories of uh, open source is um, it's going to uh, allow us to advance much more rapidly than uh, we would uh, without uh, that. So um, I encourage folks to uh, build and develop tools and systems and uh, share them uh, in many ways uh, with others to uh, speed up our, our research and to uh, help make the world a safer place. Yeah, also I would like to add uh, part of our program, we have a grant from Amazon to use their uh, cloud infrastructure. So our this, our students in the Master of Cyber Security, when we are uh, teaching them the cloud computing security, they are doing real hands-on on real cloud platforms through the grant we have received from Amazon. Yeah, that's great news. Uh, thank you, Amazon, for supporting St. Mary's in uh, cybersecurity research. Thank you very much for uh, joining us this week and teaching uh, kids here over the summer camp and uh, some of the uh, more adults uh, during your regular school year. My pleasure. Thanks for hosting me. 